Wrestling fans, promoters, wrestlers, and anyone who enjoys pro wrestling now have something new to be excited about. The Wrestling Fans International Association, the WFIA, is back. WFIA is an association that exists to promote, grow, and support professional wrestling throughout the world. Membership is free. Your membership includes a free digital bi-monthly publication of the Wrestling Fan News newsletter, association updates, voting privileges, and much more. Please go to thewfia.org, that's T-H-E-W-F-I-A.org, and become a member today. Welcome everybody to ProWrestlingWire.com radio, formerly PWZ. So I want to welcome a uh, very special guest, Kaiju Pro Wrestling promoter, Ashley Stevie. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Fantastic on this glorious Tuesday evening. So yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we're here to talk a little bit about wrestling and your company of course and of course you are a female promoter which is not necessarily a very common thing in the world of professional wrestling there's very few and far between there so that's uh something very special i think so it's a different outlook in uh, the world of professional wrestling as well i think thank so, you yeah yeah and i don't think it's a bad thing i think it's a very positive thing and uh women's wrestling or, or women's uh roles in the world of professional wrestling have taken a whole different uh road as of uh what the last probably five to ten years i think in a very positive oh way, yeah i believe so yeah I, I uh yeah i like that a lot so uh why don't you tell me a, b- a little bit about your company and how you started when you started i guess uh if i remember okay. correctly from our previous conversation uh before we went on here you were originally from new jersey no so believe it or not uh none of us were actually in new jersey it's because of covid the jersey jersey was really the wild west so mm-hmm. it was the first place to i essentially test our product see okay. how much it was going to cost to run a show um because we don't we didn't own our own ring we borrowed one okay um and then when i moved it up to connecticut i started renting one um but really it was to test it out feel it out um my background is solely in business so i was like mm, i'm not jumping into anything with a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing unless i know what we're doing Right. Um, so my role with the company from the very beginning, there was originally four of us. Uh, one was promoter. Uh, one was financial backer um, slash like, I just want to be in the background person. Right. Uh, one was our writer and uh, our writer and DJ. And then I literally did everything else. Everything okay. right down to the envelopes for payday. <laughs> um, and just we we ran about five, we ran five shows in New Jersey before um I so there's a big misconception on how the company ended up with only two owners. Okay. This is where it gets kind of crazy. And anybody who's worked in New Jersey wrestling knows that this is literally how it happens out there. Um I was just GM because I wanted to get more comfortable in front of the camera. Um I'm not an active wrestler. Um, I will never claim to be. I am part of the wrestling business, but I am not an active wrestler. Um, right. I have health issues. I have other reasons why I don't do it. I also, I'm the type of person, I go to the gym every day. I will want to go train every day. 
Right. So if I don't have that easily accessible where I could probably go train at least two, three days a week in the ring, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Um, it's the same way with a show. Like if I'm not going to run shows periodically, I'm not going to do it. Um, but essentially what happened was at our fourth show, um, our promoter, um, person was suffering from Bell's palsy. Um, really should not be in the ring. He was wrestling. He was one of our tag belt holders, which I was avidly against all the time. But um, essentially, he really shouldn't have been wrestling. He was supposed to take a medical leave. And we had another show coming in about three weeks. Um, he was like, oh, it's okay. I'll just step back. I won't wrestle. And then at the live event, closes the show by announcing he's stepping away from uh, wrestling until further notice and that I am taking over a company. Okay. So there's there's literal footage somewhere of me going, what? <laughs> uh, what? And now we have a show in three weeks. We were running on the same night as SummerSlam. Um, again, I wasn't the promoter, so I didn't pick dates. I just found the venue. Right. And um, that was, you know, I did all the busy work. So then we go to run this show and I'm like, I have to run this in three weeks by myself. And like, I'm telling you, he sabotaged me so bad, but I still made it happen. Um, I had no access to the building. Uh, he didn't give me copies of contracts. Like he literally just was like, Boop. and then um, of course, after the show actually had selling seats, we had about 40 in attendance, not terrible for, you know, I live two and a half, three and a half hours away and can't come right. down every week in the flyer. We had no flyering crew down there. Mm -hmm. All of our people were from all over the place. I was like, this is completely unorganized. Um, so I pull off the show. I actually got 40 original customers, um, which was really nice. Um, we were, we had a lot of builds coming back up. And ironically, after that, I was kind of like, okay, well, if he's going to come back in a couple of weeks, like we should probably make sure he's like healthy. That was my biggest issue is not, not as he might, he's not just my business partner. He was my friend. Um, and Bell's palsy doesn't go away overnight. It's a neurological, a neurological issue. It does have long-term health effects sometimes. And he wasn't really giving anybody details. Um, but the last time he was performing, I had to keep his eye open during the match. So that tells you right there should not have been in there. Um, he makes a live announcement saying he's coming back to all the companies he works for, like effective immediately. And we're all kind of like, were you going to tell anybody now? And to this day, still have not heard from him. He's literally never answered us when we're like, hey, can we at least talk about your health before you come back? But apparently in New Jersey, there's a, a rumor that's still going around by him that I hijacked his company. And I'm like, okay, that's why there's live footage that you threw this thing at me and then expected me to give it back two weeks later. It's like, no, when you're okay, we'll talk about it. Um, and then by, I want to say this past summer, um, during the hiatus, we touched base with our other partner, the one that was doing the writing. Um, and he just had a lot of personal stuff. So he stepped away. Um, so that just left two of us. And we live in Connecticut. So there is no point in continuing to run in New Jersey when we live here. Like we live in the town we run in. So it's easier for me to market it. Uh, it's, it was definitely a lot less demanding on me with the talent. Um, because then I can focus instead of paying people to come out and flyer with me, I could focus on paying better at the shows and be able to bring people out from further too. So yeah, that was the journey of Kaiju. It's uh, we started this in 2020 
June of 2020, we sat on my couch and planned out this company. And the whole point was to just not have it be like everywhere we were in, involved, where it was always very dramatic, um, always very, you know, politics in the locker room, belts are treated like turns. And I'm like, ah, like none of it felt like people were actually living their dreams. Okay. Um, so it's not like you're not an active wrestler where there's also like a thing where promoters tend to put the belts on themselves as well. Correct. Basically as a safe uh, safe haven in a way, I guess. So nobody could actually just walk away with it as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And and so originally when we were in New Jersey, um, we had the tag belts that are now on the throne. And um, we, so out of the four owners, only one of them knew that those belts existed until we saw them. And unfortunately, it was the man who decided to put it on himself. So as soon as that happened, we were already kind of like, ah, like, okay, this is already going a direction we didn't want. Um, once we moved it up to Connecticut, because uh, Derek was the other business partner, and he was obviously the tag partner, so he's holding a belt that he didn't want. Right. Um, we decided with the day that we, we debuted in Connecticut, he vacated the titles. Will this be November of last year, 2022? Yes. That was yep, your first same day, November twelfth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah, that's pretty coincidental. I'm looking at um some shows here that I have listed here. Uh mm. so there's there's two in Connecticut since you guys have moved to Connecticut, correct? Yes. Sorry, I jumbled my words there for a second. Okay. I remember hearing about the last one. I don't believe I think I was at another show that weekend. So but you do run on Sundays, which is a positive thing in Connecticut because Everybody either runs on Friday or mm -hmm. you get a loaded Saturday where there's like six shows on the same exact day in Connecticut. Yep. And that seems to be a problem in not just, you know, Connecticut, but independent wrestling. But specifically here, it seems to happen at least once a month, maybe even yeah. twice a month, you know? Well, and that's a big part of it, too, is that I, I've always taken a different approach when I plan out dates. And I've always looked at the area and I try to look at, like, what citywide events are going on. Like, I look up local sporting events. We have Derek and I split that. Um, he looks up local, usually local high school teams. Like, we don't want to. It's not that we don't want to compete. We don't want to take away from anything that's in the community. Right. And that and that includes another show. I mean, if, if if I'm only running every two months and I've announced four months earlier that my next show is in March, if somebody else decides to run on that day, then that just means that to me, that just shows me that they didn't take the time to prepare for teamwork like I would have. Um, I do pay attention to that. A big part with Sundays is the fact that my show is PG. It's something to do with kids. It's early in the day. It's a two o'clock start. It's meant so that, you know, dad can get the kids out of the house. Mom can get some, get a break, you know, and, and I've got food, I've got cheap food and I've got stuff at, at, you know, for them to buy. And, you know, it's, it's meant so that dad can, you know, dad or even grandpa can say, I'm right. taking the kids to a wrestling show and it's a PG show. So they're not going to worry about the content. Um, I mean, our, I know my ticket prices are insane and it's meant to be for families that are struggling. I did not have wrestling as a child. I didn't get into wrestling until I was in my thirties. What? So yeah. Hold on. I We're going to talk about that. that. We're going to talk about that in a second. Hold on a second. I find that crazy, but mm -hmm. the fact that you're doing a PG show in this era to me is kind of amazing, especially in the independent wrestling world. You look, um, 
watch places like IWTV. There's lots of stuff I feel mm-hmm. like is not safe for kids to watch necessarily. Right. Not everything on that channel, but a good portion of it. Mm-hmm. I work commentary for several different groups in, in Connecticut and Massachusetts. My uh, eight-year-old son is always with me uh, when mm-hmm. I do shows. So that is a big step and not everything that happens there is necessarily uh, 100% PG. Like, you know, right. last week, uh, I guess it's safe to say on here now that the tape hasn't come out yet, but there was a little blood, you know what I mean? And one of the matches, that was probably the first. And me as an old school wrestling fan uh, growing up, uh, I've been watching wrestling for over 40 years. All right. So that kind of love that it's really old school and, and it just was kind of uh, the way that it was done rather. So, and I absolutely, I marked out in a way on the commentary. So I'm not going to lie. Nice. So, uh, my Scott, my son actually has eight years old as they came closer to us. Cause it was somebody that he really loves that, you know, always uh, at the shows always plays with, you know, in between like, yep. you know, during intermission before and after the show. So he got scared and he kind of lost his shit a little bit and started to cry. And I had to Im- mute my oh. microphone after the match and kind of calm him down and stuff. So it was, uh, it was kind of, to me, it was kind of, uh, I like the fact for one reason, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, and he had to, talk, yeah. he had to talk to him a little bit afterwards. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> you know. So um, tell me about getting into wrestling at 30 years old. I find that crazy that you didn't watch that wrestling. I'm guessing how old are you? I'm, I'm supposed to ask a woman her age, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm honest about it. I'm 38. Okay. So semi recently. So, so semi recently. Yes. So. yes. And I think that when people, when people have a conversation with me about wrestling, I know I come off differently than most people because I don't have childhood memories of this stuff. Like my dad, first time my dad watched a wrestling event, mm-hmm. like actually sat down and paid attention to it was my show two weeks ago. Wow. Um, and he literally, he's hooked. And it's because he now sees one, why I select the people I work with. Because he walked in that room and it was a very good environment. He loved the fact that the kids that like almost everybody brought a child to that show that came to it. And the kids were like screaming. And like now my daughter's got friends that love Tiffany Avatar at school with her. And that's why I do it. But um, yeah, getting into um, getting into wrestling actually happened when I was pregnant with my daughter. She is seven. So I understand Mm -hmm. the big feelings part of life right now. Everything's Mm -hmm. a big feeling. Right. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> we're looking to and, we're looking on how to cope with that because honestly, my wife and I were both married before, so we have children mm-hmm. from both our marriages, and then him together, and he is okay. the most emotional one out of any of the children. Yeah. So we're still kind of coping with trying how to handle it because this has never happened okay. before. You know, I've I've got some I've got some suggestions for you after the show because I okay. actually I I'm a big I'm a big data person that will come okay. out probably a couple more times. And I tried something with my daughter and it's, it, we've had a, a couple beautiful days after like, she almost That's lost awesome. Christmas. And she's already lost her birthday this year. So oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a hard time, but um, I get it because that that's a big thing. Like with, uh, so I started, I started watching wrestling because when I was pregnant with her, I used to have a ritual where on Monday night I would go play Dungeons and Dragons with my friends Okay. and I would come home to her father, my ex-husband asleep on the couch and we had a very large tv right in front of a bay window so i'd pull in the driveway and i'm like what is he watching and i'm like he watches monday night raw and so like there was a few times where like i'd come in the door and like i'd close the door like just to see if he'd like rush to turn it off and he'd always like rush to turn it off so finally uh i looked at him one day and i was like what 
is your problem. Like, why are you so scared about watching wrestling? Like, I, I didn't know you ever watched this. We've been together like eight years. Right. And, and he was just like, well, you know, I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's dude soap operas. Oh boy. Which I mean, yes, it is. But, um, I was like, okay, whatever. And he was like, well, you know, okay. I, I was like, fine. Tell you what, I'll start watching it. I'll give it a shot. And, um, the very first match he ever showed me, I was like, I signed up for WWE network. I was like, okay, impress me. Give me, I'm going to give you one match. Show me one match. And he was like, okay. And he's trying to figure out what to show me. And of course he, he shows me probably the most unconventional thing, but it was a terrible thing for him to show me. Um, I'm interested in hearing what this is. I really am. He, he, he showed me the day that Finn Balor won, won the NXT belt and then immediately had to turn it over because he got hurt. Okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that's not a bad moment. I'm old. So I immediately go to stuff from like all Japan from like the eighties. Now, but see, now I knew who the rock was. I knew who stone cold was because I'm a nineties kid. I'm not dumb. I know who they are. Mm -hmm. And, and he was like, he was trying to explain to me the athleticism. Yes. And so he showed me that and he was like, this is a moment that will probably break your heart. And honestly it did. And it literally flipped the switch. I, I owe that to Finn Balor. So everybody who doesn't like me in wrestling can thank Finn Balor. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that was a crazy thing. So then I started watching it all the time. Like, I mean, like I was meal prepping. I go, I, I'd watch it on Monday while I'm meal prepping. And then I'd be the one that everybody would run to at work. And I took to, I took to wrestling really well. And I started going backwards in the catalog. Like I'm pretty sure there's a solid two years of my life when my child was, um growing inside of me and the first year of her life where i don't think we actually watched anything but wwe for that solid Mm -hmm. like two years like i don't i don't think we actually had cable i don't remember watching any actual thing on tv um i still haven't watched breaking bad because i was only i was too busy watching wwe that was uh i started watching (laughs) that with my stepdaughter probably about um we got into it for a while and then after a couple seasons we just kind of dwindled away i was too i'm still too obsessed with wrestling at 40 some odd years old at almost 50 to be honest with you what about independent wrestling i mean did you obviously uh there's a lot of groups around here how did you get interested in um in independent wrestling as a whole there how did you discover it so um i like i said i was the guru at work i was the chick you came like tuesday morning everybody comes in all right i watched raw all right, who wants to talk? And I'm walking through everything with them, and I'm going over storylines. I, I, I'm usually one of those people that I can predict um, match endings. I can do it in indie too. It's kind of disgusting. I don't like it. Um, but I am. I I learned that to focus on the technicality of stuff, so I can kind of right. see. Something. And um, I actually met Derek, my business partner. Um, okay. I moved, so we were working at the same place. We we're working at um, a university together. And I changed apartments, so I moved whole floors. And I'm a very shy individual. I know it's hard to believe people know me, and they're like, yeah. no, I really am. Too. Yeah, I'm I'm extroverted when I'm comfortable. When I'm when I'm in a completely new situation, uh-uh, I'm a wallflower. Goodbye. I don't exist. Um, and he ironically sat in the cubicle in front of me, and uh, I started my sh- my first shift on that floor on a Saturday. So it was a skeleton crew, which is ironically our tag name with the skeleton crew. Um, and uh, he just said, good morning. And I looked down and I noticed on his arm, he had an ultimate warrior tattoo. And I went, <laughs> you like wrestling. 
you're my friend now. <laughs> um, and then we dated for a couple of years. Um, we, oh, we ended up. Yeah. So ironically, when when Kaiju started, it was because um, I was going with him down to Pennsylvania. He would have a booking down uh, down in Pennsylvania once a month. It was a five hour one way drive. I used to sit on the phone with him while I would do like my master's homework because I was still Mm -hmm. a master's student. And um, there was a few times where like he would almost fall asleep on the phone driving. Yeah. I was like, you can't do this by yourself anymore. You're getting too old for this. Yeah. Um, so I originally just started going because I was going through my divorce um, and I didn't have my daughter on the weekends. I was really depressed about it. So he would go, you know what? Come with me. If anything, you can drive. Okay. That's fair. So I would essentially start it as a roadwise. Okay. I supplied the snacks, the total money, half the gas. I'd go along. I'm a backup driver. And then I would film his matches for him. And then I got more involved with trying to help them. I'm also, uh, I've been a photographer for 20 years. So I was trying, yeah. So I started bringing my, my camera with me and like doing promo shots for that, that fed and trying to help them get better graphics. And like, I I taught, um, my videographers that come to Kaiju actually drive from Pennsylvania, um, to us because when they got started, I kind of helps them get their bearings with how to do what they're doing. So it really is like with Kaiju, it does become a family situation because there, that loyalty is there because when they needed advice, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let me show you how to do that. No problem. Um, and that's how I got into indie wrestling. It was literally just to try to keep my friend alive. That's a good way, <laughs> I guess. That's a very good way. Um, geez, I forgot what I was going to ask. I had another question. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens, you know. I've. Uh... So tell me about your last show. Tell me, uh, you featured some some of the good uh, top talent over here, I guess, in uh, Connecticut, mm-hmm. local area. You had Dajay Simone over there. Have I, uh, did. The, the opportunity I did. Yeah, she's great. I've had the opportunity to work with her a couple of times at Coliseum and Bay State out of Massachusetts. Uh, Sammy Chaos, who holds the Paradise Alley Women's yeah. Belt. Yep. So she got it the uh, night before, too. I was like, yeah, yeah, girl. Yep. I watched that. They, I think they streamed that on, uh, on YouTube, I think, the night before, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot of people. Alan Baino, another guy I've had the opportunity mm-hmm. to work with both in New Age Wrestling. There's my New Age show, yep. brand new. And uh, Coliseum Pro Wrestling. Great guy, man. I, I love that guy. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. I yeah. He is really the sweetest. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell me where you gather, because there's a lot of um, talent that I'm not necessarily uh, familiar with. Okay. I'm familiar with a good portion of them. Some of them. Okay. Not necessarily from our area, I don't think, at least yes. not out of our Connecticut. So they're not. And that's yeah. that's where that's where I like to be different. Mm-hmm. Um because we started out in New Jersey, I did meet a lot of people out there, a lot of very good talent, um, a lot of people who were very um nervous to try things are very competitive in New Jersey to like a very, very, mm-hmm. very difficult level. It was a hotbed are... for a very long time. Pardon me. Sorry oh, yeah. interrupting. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, it's it, it's fine. And there are still people that are like, you can't work here if you work here. And you did. Yep. I don't I don't do any of that. Um, the only we only have one federation in existence that it's not that we don't have a you can't work there policy. It's that our property does not go anywhere near their show. Gotcha. It's, it's simply like our belts. Like, I don't care if they want to go work on that show. That's fine. My belts do not go there. 
And that is strictly because I don't want my, I'm very big on the talent should not get blamed for things that are not their problem. Right. So, and that's the thing when a champion has that belt, it is their responsibility. So we just have, we just have an understanding that there is only one place in this entire United States that that belt cannot go. Um, As of of now, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) well, well, I would like to think it's going to stay that way because honestly, we really, we were not the ones who have an issue. They have an issue with us and we don't, we don't get involved. Um, But in our, in our opinion, Hey, listen, talent is talent. Um, So with, with us moving to Bristol, I had a big, um, I had a big desire to have a home base. Um, And part of that was having a regular venue. A lot of that is, one, it's budgetary, and two, a big issue in Connecticut is finding somewhere to consistently do anything. Like, we don't have a lot of big fancy halls here. We don't have, we have DSW halls. We have short places with small capacities. So I really wanted to find a place where I could have a steady number of crowd and also know that I can have room for charity vending. Like we did, um, we had silent auctions uh, with baskets of uh, holiday dinners, like frozen hams, turkeys. Like we had those in, um, actually, they were all bought by a charitable organization by Doc Warren, um, who also- a great guy. Yeah, I, um... He ended up buying almost all of the baskets and he donated them. And that made me feel so good because that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted it to go to use. Yeah, he's an amazing dude. I started working for Tetsu Tetsu, uh, two shows ago, um, Mm -hmm. sitting next to Nathaniel P. Carr doing commentary. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you that, uh, honestly, those those, I've worked there twice so far, going back in January, two of the best uh, shows I've ever worked, honestly. And that's nothing. I mean, Coliseum is my home, but... I'm going to be honest, like the, uh, the, the, the energy that Tetsu brings is something different. It's completely yes. different than anything else here in Connecticut. It has six sided ring. Uh, the approach yep. is a little bit different as to how they're doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. And the last one, I don't know if you were at the last one, were you, uh, I was, I was not, I was not okay. in the state that day. Um, okay. and actually I haven't gotten out to Coliseum yet. They're always Coliseum always seems to be on a Saturday where I'm scheduled in New Jersey. Yeah, we've uh, we ran a bunch of Saturdays and we ran mostly this year was I think Fridays this year, but then yeah. we just went back to Saturdays like this past show. Now we're done for the year, so hopefully uh, we're we're coming back in February. Yes. That's the rumor. That's the rumor. It's gonna yep. be uh, honestly. It's I, I'm gonna check it out because I want yeah. every time I see the card, I'm like oh, I want to get down there, and it's always when I have to travel, and it's so I yeah. need to just block it off but i love tetsu um they had like they have a new, unique uh, i'm not worried about sharing a, a town with them mostly because our products are very right. different yeah very different yep. my big thing with with talent is my goal for kaiju because it was never something that i originally like i didn't grow up dreaming to be a promoter in my brain this is a business and in my time in the indies i saw things that needed to be different mm-hmm I got, I heard the word family so much. And these are people that would turn around and just, you turn around and they're holding the knife right over your back. Yep. Yeah. And, and I got so sick of it. Um, I am not a big fan of, of uh, promise breaking. So Mm -hmm. I try not to make any promises that I cannot keep. Um, And then like, even if I like, if I promise somebody uh, an excellent match and they don't get it, I will want to rebook them and give them another match. 
like that to me, like that's just me making sure I am literally living up to what I promise. Um, and I do take that very serious. And I feel like that's because I've had way too many employers that didn't do that. And I want to be different. Right. Um, so with, with Kaiju, we run Memphis style. Um, so we want storytelling on every show. Like there, there doesn't, I don't want to have to plan out to where these storylines are like two years long. Like I want Memphis. Right. We, we want to tell that story in eight to 15 minutes. And if that story never continues, you still got a awesome match and people knew what was going on. Um, one thing I did do at the last show, and I, I think it was more a test to the, the talent. And I, I breathed that they are so brave when they work for me. Um, because I, I am, I am always testing. I always want to try something new. Um, and I had a whole year to plan out a show. So of course I had lots of little exams ready. Um, and one thing I did was, um, they didn't, other than the main events, nobody knew who was going over mm-hmm. in their match until that morning. Okay. Wow. Um, I gave them as little information as I could to see how they could put stuff together and see how they did. And I was genuinely impressed because even the refs were like, okay, what's going on? And I literally just grabbed my call sheet and I'm like, circle, 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 circle. These are who, these are who's going over. I don't care what they do. How prepared are you as far as notes go going into a show? Do you have say, you know, you have, oh geez, it looks like you're ready to answer that. Um, um, like I know when I get certain shows I've had, <laughs> I've worked shows where there was literally a whiteboard and that was the match list. And I'm just like, uh, this is my first show here. I have no idea who anybody <laughs> is. And the other, I'd have to take a picture on my phone and read it off my phone, trying to sometimes trying to follow what who the ring announcer is announcing. <laughs> other times so, I'll get a nice long packet that is detailed with what's going on for the evening, how the storylines progressed. And that is very helpful. I mean, I do, I'm able to pull it off for the most part. And I think I do mm-hmm. pretty good. I think I do pretty good, but there was one night I, I was scared. I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, deliver on my, on my debut for a show, but I, w- but I was invited back. So I guess I didn't do too bad. <laughs> so if, usually if you're invited back, they at least want to have that's you a, retry. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I actually do use a whiteboard, um, not for the show, but when I do the planning stage, I physically draw it out on a whiteboard. Um, it's kept in my office at, in my house. Right. Um, that, that is the book that this is the booker's book. This is mine. Okay. Um, yep. it has, it literally has bells and whistles on it so I can find it. Um, I don't usually take notes when I'm at live events, but people, um, have noticed that if I'm at a live event and I'm studying something, mm-hmm. I know, I know sell the match and it's not that I'm doing it intentionally. I'm studying. Right. So I know that there are talent in the back that when they see me in a crowd, they're watching to see if I'm watching, like if I'm cheering and I, and, and I'm having fun or if I'm studying, because usually that means that person's getting reached out to, but right. uh, I've gotten a lot better at being a little bit more incognito about it. I've, I mean, I've been scouting for over a year, so mm-hmm. I've now gotten a lot better of just kind of like walking in. Um, and so, yeah, I handle that pretty well. Um, typically, with, with planning, everybody had call sheets. I, I have a business account at Staples, and they are so sick of me now. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I do the next day printing, they're like, we're just going to print her stuff now because she makes it easy because I upload everything organized. Um, but, yeah, I do typically have um, each ref gets a call sheet. Uh, one or two go up in the locker room. Uh, Bull gets one. 
as rough general sound gets one i have one at the door because it just tells people too where the intermissions are right um and i like i have policies where i want them out there selling their merch yes yes yeah uh, that is big for me i think that is a a very big thing for independent wrestling that you know i've worked shows that the the uh the talent had no opportunity to sell it there'd either be no intermission or the building would be so small that they couldn't yeah sometimes guys would just set up right after the show they'd have some sort of table in their car mm-hmm. they would set up outside you know they were, they were, and you know and sometimes they would sell a shirt or two on as people are leaving going to their car yep so i have always i'm very particular with my halls that's part of what took us a year to come back was i was not happy with anything i found mm-hmm. i'm i want to make sure that i have that availability where they can have a solid wall and and i make sure i pay for tables for them um, I tell them they can bring their own. That helps me out because then that's less we have to put out and put back. But yep. if they don't bring a table, like I always have, I always usually rent like six or seven tables. Um, I have some at my house too. Um, next uh, in March's show, I'm going to have tablecloths drawn up for them. So, ooh, they even ooh, get to use my that. tablecloth. Right. Well, yeah. well, listen, I have a, I have a cricket and a, and a press. It's not that hard. I, there you I, go. I mean, it's there time you to go. do it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's I, I really don't think that I think the biggest opportunity is for them to market themselves. And even if you're a villain, don't be mean, but still come sell your stuff. They're going to buy it. Yeah. Um, well, it's a different era, you know, so right. people, it's and, not 1987. People will come and buy your merchandise if they like you enough. Oh, even if they hate you. Yeah. Even if yeah. they hate you. Absolutely. But a big thing with uh, scouting my talent is I, I wanted when I took over Kaiju and Derek and I uh, went solo. Um, after we moved it to Connecticut, we sat down and we talked about it. What do we want from it? He's the one that really loves Memphis wrestling. And he introduced me a lot to the, to the Memphis days. So I love the storytelling in it because you could jump in. I'm a huge Memphis fan. That's, uh, that's when, so when you brought, brought up Memphis, I got a little excited. That's like my, uh, one of my favorite, uh, things from the past. I I have a, an extensive, uh, DVD collection. You can't see it, but, uh, Memphis, it's all Memphis DVDs. So, uh. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. that's how Derek used to, Derek used to give me tape to study when I really wanted to learn how to, um, analyze things. Yeah. So he gave me a lot of Memphis to analyze and I'm terrible at remembering names and specifics, but that's also because I have like 50 or 60 years worth of wrestling crammed into like eight years of brain. So right. like a lot of the stuff kind of mingles to me, but part of why I like writing for for Kaiju is the fact that all that stuff is still new to me. Right. So I remember a lot. I, I still love some of the stuff that everybody remembers from a kid, but it's still fresh in my brain. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to duplicate it. I duplicate the emotion from it. Right. I still remember. I still have that little kid excitement to it. So it makes it fun to write. Um. And I like the, I like the availability of like allowing talent to like speak up and give me ideas and and tell me where they want their character to grow and go. My whole thing with Kaiju from the get go uh, when I became primary on it was I want it to kind of be like a train stop. Right. I don't I don't want to be WWE. I don't want to be big like that. This is, this is always going to be a hobby project. This is never going to be, I don't, I don't have the goal to make it go mainstream. I don't want to. I like what it is. What it is is I want to be that junction for people who never come across each other to get a match. 
And I think that's going to help out promoters too, with trying to, you know, they can watch the footage from me and say, okay, how did this person perform? I'll give a reference. Right. If they want to find out if somebody's going to be worth bringing up from New Jersey, fuck, tell me, I'll book them on my next show and yeah. we'll test run it. And I'm, I'm not afraid to share with people. I, I will share anything with people. Um, as long as they talk to me first, I, that's my, that's my personal thing. I just feel like people should be approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am very approachable. I, I love helping people. I don't, I, I'm the social worker of, of wrestling sometimes. Um, but yeah, Kaiju was always meant to be like a little train stop. So like having things like merch, I have Mike Skyros fighting PJ Savage. That I've heard about this match. It's one of my personal like goals. And I, I, I literally approached them each about it and they're, they've never faced each other. They're like, of course we love it. Those are two and guys. Now, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And then I'll, I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm thrilled. Cause that's, that's one of my dream matches. And I'm just so happy. Other people are already excited for it. Cause I was like, can I please mean event it? <laughs> so my other thing is with either of those two guys, I've come up with matches like dream matches. I want to see with either of those guys, like somebody against PJ Savage. Hey, I want to see anytime PJ goes live. Hey, I want to see you against these, this guy. And he goes, yeah, he goes, tell the guy in your local area, whatever promoter. And then Skyros, I think I have a book's worth of who I would love to see him wrestle. Right. Like, seriously. And I was about to bring him up because I want to talk about, um, you know, got a little while longer to go. But um, Skyros, I think, is literally one of, if not the best professional wrestlers in, like, the tri-state area. Like, legit. legit, And I'm never bored anytime that guy steps out. And I I can't even say enough good things about him in the ring. Seriously. So I can actually admit something. And I know, I think I've told Mike this himself. He is one of the very few people that I have scouted that to this day, I cannot call his matches. I scream like a banshee. You can tell when I'm in the same vicinity as Mike Skyros. I have never been able to tell what his next move is. He is very smooth. And he is very good at storytelling. And yep. and honestly, like I I cannot wait for him. I call him main event Mike. Um, because at Kaiju, like I as long as he wants to work for me, he will have a home because he is a stellar human being. He mm-hmm. is serious about his craft and he is honestly willing to like work anybody. And yeah. and it's not and it's different than what I'm used to seeing in the indies where it's like, I want to work any and everybody because I just want to be seen. With him, it's no. I want to have a laundry list of banger matches underneath me when I leave here. And yeah. that's exactly what I will help hopefully help him do. Um, because honestly, like he really is one of the top in the yeah. tri-state area. It's and not, I think yeah. that it means a lot. I, I'm, I genuinely like, I know people realize that I do admire him. He he is the Finn Balor to my daughter. My daughter is a Mike Skyro super fan. She makes me wear his shirts because they're not in her size. <laughs> it's adorable. She'd be like, hey, what up, Mike? And like walk past him now. But like three months ago, she'd be like, I got uh, oh, I got one. I got one, too. I just can't fit it because I'm too large. And uh, <laughs> so I bought one thinking I could fit into it. So I'm waiting to see. <laughs> When I drop the weight, but you just had him uh, at your past show last month. And I want to talk yes. about this. It was him and just saying uh, for yes. a vacant KPW title. 
So let's talk yeah, about this match a little br- bit. So it was for our brand new heavyweight title, um, which, uh, so at the show, we had all three titles crowned. We have the throne one over the stepdads uh, for the tag titles. Um, I'm a little ticked about that as general manager, but, um, oh, well, I have time to mess with them still, so we're good. Um, (laughs) They're not going to like me in March, that's for sure. Um, Just saying, uh, took the belt from Skyros, um, and in exchange, I am a big I am a big reward person as far as booking goes. I feel like if you work really hard, you deserve something. Mm-hmm. Um, since Mike Skyros didn't win the match, I gave him the match with PJ. Okay. So and that to me is like, you know what? You gave you gave me what you could. You didn't win this championship, but you know what? The next show you're the spotlight. And I would rather do that because he earned it. And it. Um, and then we had Tiffany Avatar with Big Juicy, and Tiffany took home the uh, Phoenix Division title. Right. I saw that. Yep. yep. Uh, Big Juicy, another stellar human being as well. I love yeah. her. She's, yeah. so, she's so amazing just as a yep. human being in general. Yep. And then, so that was my big thing is I wanted to pair, I wanted to pair my, my prepping champions um in a different way. So with the throne, they had a stipulation that the only way they could win the match was clean because mm-hmm. they have cheated every time. Every time I've given them a match, they've cheated. Um, And so we just decided like, you know what? No, because now if you cheat, the stepdads are going to win. Yeah. So you're going to, you're going to do, I, and I told them, I said, as, as the owner, I would prefer that those, those titles, those championships are going on people who earned it. And if you cheat, you didn't earn it. So will they stick to that rule? I don't know. I haven't decided how mean I'm going to be yet, but we'll see how many times Casey asks me about a 403B again. So if that comes back, he may not get it. Let's talk about uh, one more match I want to talk about on this show. I mean, you guys, it looks on paper. I was not there. Like I said, it looks like you guys had an amazing event, but the British Bulldog. I know exactly which match you're going to ask about. (laughs) The British Bulldog, Strongman 3-Way, Ken Powers, another stellar human being, uh, mm-hmm. worked with him several times. He's been on this podcast for a while. Uh, one of the nicest human beings as well, legitimately oh. outside of uh, outside of the ring. It's funny because uh, I told him once at um, the Coliseum show, his first time he ever worked there, he worked as a heel. I told him, I said, never work as a heel ever again because he's too kind and too much of a I don't want to say baby face and now he reminds me of that every single time yeah. I see him so and uh it's I, he is a baby face that's it yes you know what I mean but he is a he's he is. A, an amazing human being and it's uh he takes some old school I mean the conversation I had on the podcast with him was amazing like he went back to watching a lot of the strong men of like the 70s and the 80s like Ken Patera yep. and um uh, Ivan Putski uses the Polish hammer as his uh, finisher, yep. like Ivan Putski. So they yep. took on uh, in a three-way, Alan Bano and Red Dog. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, so that was actually an original match written. We're going to try to do one every single show. We want to start highlighting the people um, from wrestling that don't usually get a whole lot of attention. And Derek is a personal fan of the Power Slam. Um, he retired on our 2022 show. And um, so at this show, he said that he wanted something special. And I said, okay, what would you like to do? And he goes, I would like to do a memorial match. I said, okay. Um, there's a running joke that when we ran the skeleton crew, 
um, we used to study a lot of British Bulldog because him and his partner did a lot of power slams and power bombs. Um, the running joke was because I was their valet, I have a small dog named Matilda. So, and a corgi. The, uh, I have a corgi, but yeah. yeah. So no, um, we, I, my mom had one of those, by the way, just for the record. So yeah. Aww. Yeah. Such a handful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what he wanted to do is he goes, Well, what if we I said, Well, we don't have a triple threat plan for the show. You want to make it a triple threat? He goes, Yeah, what kind of stipulations can we set to it? And I said, I don't know, what do you think? And he goes, How about they have to do a running power slam in the center of the ring? And I was like, you know, if somebody doesn't judge right and screws that up, they may not win. Okay. Because we like throwing in the curveballs where, like, literally, you could do everything according to how you've scripted it. Yep. But if you guys screw up, screw up the match, that ending can change. Yes. And yep. we want them to develop that skill of being able to improv like that. Um, so we want to give them the ability to, to express that. Uh, we ended up... Uh, I ended up putting Red Dog in um, because, one, I've watched Red Dog for a while. Um, and I had scouted him back in the original Kaiju days of New Jersey. Um, and for somebody who, at his physical size, can power slam the way he does, I was like, we, we, we need him in there. Because not every big, giant guy has to be the one that can dose that stuff out. Right. Um, I do come in all different places. <laughs> I've always been a proponent of that. Like, not everybody has to be Godzilla. You know, Mafra started little too. Um, so yeah, it, for us, it was that was an awesome match. Uh, when we announced it, people were like, "What?" And we're like, "Oh yeah, we're big about stipulations. I love it." Um, so we don't. I don't know which one we're gonna do for the next show, but um, I may do um, I may do a women's honorary match. Um, just because I do like to keep it up. It's like we might rotate since it's the two of us writing certain things. Um, and next year we only have uh, five base shows planned and then we have room for additional in between. Okay, cool. That sounds uh, enjoyable. So you uh, real quick before we move on and, and uh, you said it was a stipulation, the British Bulldog and his partner, which was the dynamite kid, Tom Billington, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Today is actually the anniversary of his passing. So, yeah, I, that came across my Facebook feed today. So um, why don't you talk about uh, your next show and uh, why don't you throw that out there and then we'll move on. So, okay. so um, yeah. the next show is going to be on Sunday, March 24th. It's going to be once again at the Lincoln Room on Barlow Street in Bristol, Connecticut. Okay. Um, Essentially, that is going to be our permanent home. Uh, we signed a permanent uh, renter's contract with them. We will be the only wrestling promotion that will be allowed to run out of that building, which is going to be nice for the customers because they're not going to have to worry about too much of that. Okay. Um, I loved the building because it's a gorgeous building. Um, the amenities are amazing. And then the parking is insane and it's on a private drive. So All I was right. like, oh. we even have a church nearby that's like, oh, yeah, you can totally use our parking spot. We have another hundred and something parking spots. Um so we got we have really amazing pizza that's going to be vended out from hometown pizza um we you know like i said we keep like cheap concessions around so that the kids can have you know something cool to eat and right hustle for everybody um right now we are going to be having all three belts defended um 
the big part with the March show is uh, obviously the main event is Mike Skyros versus PJ Savage, a first ever match. Um, it is scheduled. It's already booked. It's it's ready to go. Um, I'll actually be opening pre-sales and um, we're going to do limited pre-sales for this only because uh, what I'm going to do is the pre-sales are going to get front row right. automatically. Um, so we're going to pre-sale half the seats now and put that out there. Um, that way people don't have to worry about waiting until like two weeks before or whenever they usually open. I'm just going to let it roll. Um, but they can buy online. Um, I do group discounts and then we also have a lot of, um, charity packages too. Okay. Um, so we're also going to have Tiffany defending the Phoenix division belt. Uh, we're going to have just saying defending, uh, the heavyweight championship belt and the throne. Oh, I love who I'm booking them against. Um, it's going to be so much fun. Uh, but realistically, the next show is going to be a lot more debuts yet again. Okay. Those are right now the only three scheduled to come back. Okay. That sounds um, like it's going to yeah. be an amazing show. Wow. I have um, for 2024, we have five shows actually slotted with dates. Um, it'll be every two months. Uh, but right now it looks like I have uh, upwards of 40 to 45 debuts planned for this year. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I was a busy lady for a year. I was busy yeah. for a year. <laughs> it sounds it. Sounds it. So um, I want to thank you for joining. Actually, uh, we're going to, we're going to, this is it for now. And uh, yeah. I want to welcome you to come back at any time because I actually really enjoyed this conversation. I was a little nervous coming in because we had never met prior. So, yes. I, yes. <laughs> so I would love to have you come back. If you want to come back in the uh, you know, beginning of the year uh, Absolutely. or closer, actually, how about this? You come back and we can talk, uh, promote this show make a week before yes. um, okay. we'll do that. So that sounds like a plan. I think I want to thank you. Why don't you, so um, why don't you give everybody how they could find Kaiju Pro? Okay. So the number one way to find Kaiju Pro is honestly, uh, if you type in Kaiju Pro Wrestling, we do come right up on Facebook. We're not Kaiju Big Battle. Um, although I do help with their ring, ring rentals and it's very fun. Um, but uh, you can check us out on Facebook, our YouTube. Uh, we also, we now have a TikTok that's starting. Um, we have Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Um, the biggest things and easiest way if you're looking to get booked because I know realistically that's what everybody wants to know, how to get booked on Kaiju. Um, best thing is go through our fan page or our fan Instagram and shoot a message because it actually goes directly to management. We self-manage. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I want to thank you. I want everybody to go and check all that stuff out and uh, say hello. Stop by at the show. All right. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Have a great night.